hell is going on? I don't know. Hopefully they'll have some answers at the police station. Wait, you're a cop? Yeah, Leon Kennedy. You are? Claire. Claire Redfield. Live around here? No. I'm looking for my brother. He's a cop too. Well, it's a good thing we found each other. I don't know what to expect anymore. Episode 34 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Frank to my Bill, John. No, oh, don't make me cry, Nick. <laughs> not, off the, not off the bat. Oh. Yeah, well, if you're not crying now, you will be crying later when we <laughs> dissect episode three of the, HBO's The Last of Us, so... Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all right. I mean, you were my purpose, and uh, you know, we'll just have to we'll just have to kill our. Well, you know, uh, I don't know if I want to do spoilers right now, but you know, uh, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we will because we have a packed show for you today, including a few news items that I wanted to touch upon that almost could become its own thing. We're getting there. Uh, the first one is live service games are are get, are dying. Big time. Dude, they're dropping like flies, man. We got Rumbleverse, Knockout City, Crossfire X, Apex Legends Mobile all shutting down this year. All announced. (laughs) Yeah, I'm wondering if this is a canary in the coal mine situation or if this is simply just, you know, purging the things that just there's simply not room for. Like, is this it? I think that's the case. Like, when everyone was trying to follow World of Warcraft, you had so many you know, MMORPGs and same thing here. You're, everyone's trying to get the, on the Fortnite craze and just these are all the casualties of that. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if this is like a cautionary tale for, you know, developers who are desperately wanting one of these. Obviously, Ubisoft is the prime example of that right now. But, you know, it just it, it does show that there is not enough room out there for, uh, you know, there, there's a specific number of these games that can exist at any given time. And uh, until some of the big boys start to depreciate, like it's just it's just gonna be hard out there for anybody trying to break into that space. You know, especially uh, you know if there's games like Last of Us Factions coming out in the future, yeah. it's like, what is a game like Rumbleverse gonna compete with a Naughty Dog property? It's like, no, you hope that they can find their niches, but gotta say, I'm not surprised, man. Yeah, yeah, this is again, I, we didn't play any of these, so I really don't have much to say on any of it. But uh, no. yeah, like you said, it's the the old decline in the live service uh, industry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know the, the publishers or developers of those games off the top of my head, to be honest. I know, I think Knockout City was EA, but yeah. it just kind of goes to show, it's just, if you are going to stay in this space, you have to be one of the big boys or you have to be tied to a big property, I think. It's just, you know, properties like Rumbleverse and Knockout City, they just have no reason for people to check you out when there is a Fortnite, an Apex Legends, a, a Warzone, Call of Duty, whatever the case at the, at, you know, that you right. can that you can jump into. So you got to either be a big boy or you got to have a really interesting hook that is different from something else out there. Yeah, and you got to kind of just catch word of mouth because you're not going to compete with the budget of Fortnite. You know, no. they can, they can, no, yeah. it makes so much oh, money. Can, they just pump as much money in there as possible. New modes, yeah, you new had, outfits every week. You can't, can't compete with You them. have to be able to take down Goku giving you a Kamehameha. So good luck. <laughs> yeah. That's the level we're competing against. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then moving on to the next news item, Jedi Survivor 
is getting bumped back. It is moving from its March 17th date to April 28th. A six-week delay. Uh, eh, what are you going to yeah. do? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the exact uh, appropriate response. <laughs> Six weeks, you know, if you are a fan of this game or of the previous game or excited for it, honestly, view it as good news. They've come out and they said there's nothing wrong with it. It's already front to back finished. They're just ironing it out, making sure that the product that's released is as polished and awesome as possible. So, um, you know, it just gives people more time to play Resident Evil 4 Remake or some of the other awesome games that have come out early in the year. Yeah, for sure, because yeah, this was coming out a week before it, and now Resident Evil 4 pretty much has the whole month to just wreak havoc, so everyone's going to yep. be playing that. Um, and then the next news item is they announced the last day that the PlayStation Plus collection will be available to PS5 users. Ooh. That date is May 9th, so up until now, until May 9th, is your last chance to get this list of games, and it's no small list. Batman Arkham Knight, Battlefield 1, Bloodborne, Call of Duty, Black Ops 3, Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy, Days Gone, Detroit Become Human, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy 15, God of War, Infamous Second Son, Monster Hunter He's World. only in the G's, folks. He's only in the G's. <laughs> Keep Mortal, going, Nick. Mortal Kombat X, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil 7, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and Until Dawn. That's a big yep. list of bangers. <laughs> Yeah, I actually had this. I actually had this written up in the uh, you know uh, spoiler for the show, but it's Essentials PlayStation Plus time, guys. So, but I had this written up in that part too. So, good call, Nick. Uh, this is the sh- most shining example of even if you don't want to play it right now, even if you don't think you want to play it in the future, add it to your games library. It does not hurt. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you have to take up space on your hard drive or anything like that. It's simply future-proofing it in the future so that if you ever do want to play one of these games or you have kids and they want to, you have them. So please add every single game on that yeah. list to your library. Yeah, even if you just subscribe for a month and just add them all because the second you renew your subscription, you'll have them all again. So. Right. Uh, yep. And, Only active while you have the subscription. Yep. Yeah. And this is just a banger list of games. Like these are all incredible. So don't. So don't. Don't lose out because you forget. Yeah. So put it on your calendar. <laughs> and that, and that goes for. Ev- and that honestly goes for every single uh, essential game that comes out every month. Add them to your libraries, guys. I, I don't ever want to play. I don't know Divine Knockout, but I added it just because <laughs> I don't. I don't know why, but just just do it. I promise you, it's not a bad idea. Oh yeah, that game's gonna be gone too soon. <laughs> I know, but whatever. I don't care. It doesn't doesn't hurt me by living in my library. True. Exactly. So. so. And then finally, I wanted to talk about an uh, interesting thing. Uh, eagle-eyes viewers of a new ad campaign from Sony Mm, saw mm. uh, earlier this week announced on the PlayStation blog they started this live from PS5 campaign Uh, comes along with the announcement that PS5s are going to be in stock regularly and then along with it was a commercial with a bunch of TV reporters reporting on God of War Ragnarok, Spider-Man 2, Returnal, Destiny uh, a bunch of games but in that video was a bunch of short clips including a very interesting clip of a young girl in what looks to be a tomb she's got a torch in hand Uh, she goes up to an artifact and she blows dust off of it and if you remember in our preview episode of 2023 john what what were those predictions that you made to this exact tea Oh, that uh, a renewed revitalization of the uh, iconic Sony franchise Uncharted would be showing up, and it would be led by 
Nathan Drake's daughter. Yep. Cassie, right? That's the character's name. I don't know. <laughs> I think yeah, it I is know. Cassie. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, not, no, yeah, not weeks later after that prediction is uh, proof that it is 100% coming. <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I don't see what else would that represent. You know, uh, it could. I mean, and, you know, I would say if it wasn't for the fact that Amazon seemingly just bought Tomb Raider for six hundred million dollars, at least the rights to it, I would say possibly there's a, a deal being struck that there. But no, it has to be that man. It looks yeah. straight out of Indiana Jones. Like that's what Uncharted is. To yeah, achieve. it's too coincidental. It's just like the the girl the the girl's looks the. The, the setting, like, it just it just seems like exactly what we thought or what you thought when you made that prediction. Um, no, and I think this is maybe a really good segue into the first topic, Nick. Yeah, yeah. So no. before we do that, let's, let's uh, kind of say how the show works. Uh, well, that ruins my segue. Ah, <laughs> oh, whatever. Now if I go, let's go. This is how the show <laughs> normally works when we don't have a bunch of news items, is that we each bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing. It can be a news topic. It can be an uh, email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod. Any of those things, we bring it and we talk about it and transitioning into our returning segment up until the PSVR 2 releases is the DEFCON level. Mm. As you heard mm. last week, we raised it to DEFCON 2, the second highest it can be, because by the time the next podcast was, we'd be 19 days from PSVR 2. And as you may or may not know, there was no Sony event. But John, what, what, did, you, what did you, what were you alluding to? So I was alluding to the fact that the Sony, for some reason, is starting to show off brand new unannounced games. And why would you do that? <laughs> like, why would you do that unless if you are knowingly going to have something coming up soon? So um, while I don't know if I am prepared to bump that number up from a two, uh, I think we're at a we're at a strong two right now. Um, I think we're, I think we, we got to stay there. I don't really want to use that one number until I'm pretty confident that within the next week we're going to be getting one. And I don't think we're there yet because, uh, as I've kind of said for a while now, I don't think it would make much sense to push a huge Sony showcase prior to the release of PSVR 2. They want that thing to be the focal point. They want it to have its time in the sun. And um, while it is possible that there could be a VR2 focused thing. I, I I just don't see it. I at this point I don't see that being a thing anymore. I, I think we're still in the market for a Sony showcase, but there is simply too much news out there. There's too many previews. There's too many um, you know articles for, on IGN, whatever the case, about this thing for Sony to make any type of splash at all mm-hmm. with something like that. We know the launch lineup. We know everything about it. So I think we're still away a little bit off. Uh, mm-hmm. But shortly after the PSVR 2 release, when it gets its acclaim, because, you know, again, there's there was a GT7 IGN preview that says how fucking awesome it is. So it seems like the buzz <laughs> about this thing is is great. And, um, yeah, so I think they're, Sony's going to let that breathe a little bit. But we are, we're, we're ready, man. I think Sony's, I think if VR 2 was not a thing, we would be right on the cusp. It's just... It's, it's time. They're starting to leak out Spider-Man <laughs> 2 things. They're starting to leak out Uncharted whatever things. Uh, we're close. We're close. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was that rumor that Capcom is going to hold an event next week for Street Fighter and Resident Evil. Uh, yeah. Is, could that be part of a Sony? Because those, both those franchises are very tied to Sony. Hmm. Um, I... 
Uh, the way that I kind of understand leaks and like insider information to work, I don't think they would be tied together because if, if something is coming out that Capcom's showing games, you got to imagine that it would also be leaking out that it's part of a Sony event. And mm-hmm. so if the, if, if the, the rumor is that Capcom's going to be show it, I think Capcom's going to be showing it, um, but, uh, you know, and then and then whenever Sony does their big thing, maybe we'll see a bigger deep dive into some of that stuff. I don't know. Sure. But uh, but yeah. Yeah. I'm so I'm staying at it, too. Staying at it, too. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I just hmm. we're <laughs> I mean, we're definitely getting to the point of no return of one not being at all, because I don't think there would be one the week this releases. Um, right. Because then you're taking the, you know, the new cycle away from it. Um, so, hmm. We'll see, but yeah, two sounds good. A strong yeah. two sounds good. <laughs> yeah, like like I said, if if VR two was not coming out this month, I would be very tempted to say one. But um, I just it would make absolutely no sense, especially since a lot of the uh, articles coming out about VR two right now are kind of pointing to soft pre order sales, which is not a cause for alarm, I don't think. But you know, it, they might it might be a little bit softer. I think Sony wants the, as much as much news as shine on that as as they can. Uh, I just saw today PSVR two was on the front page of CNN.com. so um, you know they're definitely wanting to get as many people in front of that thing as they can. Well, if you want better pre-orders, have an event for PSVR 2. <laughs> yeah. Get us excited yeah. about it. Don't Hire you. this man. <laughs> I'm going to email Jim Ryan right now. You want to be ahead of marketing? Jeez, <laughs> yeah. like that's the easiest yeah. thing to do is just have an event with everything that's coming. Show it off. Like, let's, well, let's go. <laughs> I think so, but I will say... I think this is a product of very poor timing, and not to Sony's fault, not to anybody's fault, but the economy is not great. It, they think they don't think it's going to be really that much better this year, so spending cash is not very high for people right now. Um, right. And without the, you know, and then without like a bunch of, you know, yes, it's got Horizon Call of the Mountain. That game looks great, but Half Life Alex, I truly think, would have probably gained them an extra. 100, 200,000 pre-orders, I might have been one of them. Right. That if they, you know, and, and maybe, they, maybe they're working on it, maybe they can't have it, who knows. Right. But I think people are kind of at this point, like I need, to, I need to see the reviews on it, see what their future plans for it, how is it going to be supported, and then I think it's going to have a very nice, healthy life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, might be a, a slow go, slow start. Sure. Yeah, it's looking that way, but we'll <laughs> see. All right, let's we move on to see. the next topic. <laughs> All right, so as I kind of mentioned earlier, we are uh, we got the P PlayStation Plus Essentials games. Uh, again, as I'm sure listeners know, this is the lowest tier of the PlayStation Plus uh, new revamped system. Um, so these are the four games that are going to be coming to PlayStation on February 7th. Um, so first up... We have uh, the May 2022 release, developed and published by Saber Interactive. Uh, it is a one versus four asymmetrical multiplayer horror game, and that is Evil Dead: The Game. Um, Nick, are you are you interested in this one at all? I, I know I want to kind of go through the rest of the games, but I wanted to get your immediate impression on this because I know you kind of like these games. So yeah, quick correction: we thought this was the same team that did Friday the Thirteenth. It is not. <laughs> okay. It's not Ilphonic who did Friday the 13th game. They did Ghostbusters Spirit Unleashed is their most recent title. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I'm, I'm so swamped with games right now that I probably won't. Yeah. And unless like I have like friends telling me to join them to play it. 
I don't think I'm going to touch this at all. I just don't have time. There's better games out right now. Yeah. Now, I, I get that. I mean, it's got a 74 on Open Critic. IGN gave it an 8. So I think it's one of those, like, if you enjoy this style of game, it's probably worth it. Um, I've heard they do a great job if you're the... Um, spirit zombie whatever you want to call the i think it's a demon spirit Mm -hmm. uh it does a really cool job of like how in the movies you kind of like float through the woods and it it does a a good job mimicking that effect but uh either way you know that's a good that's a good get um not a very old game at all may 2022 release so uh evil dead the game coming to on february 7th and then we also get the february 2022 release uh developed by roll seven published by private division uh ali ali world uh, which is the third game in the arc- arcade skateboarding series. Um, and I'm kind of excited about this one. This is mm-hmm. a very high-quality game. It's got an 86 on Open Critic, um, and it's it's very, very arcade You know, it, it's colorful. Um, you know, it's, it's a camera is very far back, so you're kind of this little guy doing just little tricks and stuff. But from everybody who, who gets into these games, they really, really like them. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I might check this one out myself. Yeah, um, I think this is the highlight of the, the overall yeah. list. For sure, I was. I to be honest, I never had seen or heard of this game, so I would watch the IGN's review, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this looks really great. This, this mm-hmm. is a great idea. Like a simple, yeah, you know, simple it, 2D, you know, do tricks and uh, stunt courses, and it looks great." Yeah, I, I'm curious as well. It, it makes me a little nervous in the sense that it's is seemingly one of those games where it's like easy to pick up, but if you truly want to get into it and have fun and have it be a thing for you, you kind of need to dedicate yourself to it. It's not going to be a pick up and just you know bust out some tricks. You kind of got to learn the ins and outs of the game. So uh, we'll see. But either way, I think my son's going to dig it. He digs skateboards. So. Uh, next on the list, we got the fifth major expansion for the Destiny 2, uh, game Destiny 2, uh, November 2020 release, 2020 release Beyond Light, uh, which is developed by the now-owned Sony, or now-owned Bungie. Um, and that's an open critic of 71. I don't think it's their best-reviewed or, you know, uh, received uh, expansion, but at the same time, I gotta admit, Nick, it's not something I really kind of thought would be included into the PlayStation Extras and Essentials, is the fact that you know, uh, Bungie is owned by them now. They could throw in all the, the Destiny 2 DLCs. I think that's a great idea to try and get people caught up on it. Sure, sure. Yeah, this is the kind of the first time I think we've ever seen DLC be a, a highlighted essential uh, quote-unquote game, uh, <laughs> even though it's just an expansion. Um, and obviously this is the build-up type for the their big expansion coming out next month. Or this month, yeah. sorry, just in a few weeks. Jeez. Yeah. God, this yeah. month's going so fast. It is. <laughs> no, so, yeah, this, I mean, the sense. only other example of that that I can kind of think of, and this is not really the same exact thing, but do you remember when they released that, like, version of Godfall that wasn't the full game? It was, like, <laughs> just some end content. That's the only other thing that I can kind of think of, like, it wasn't really a full release of a game, but not quite the same thing. Right. All right, and then lastly here, we got the September 2020 remake of the 2002 game developed by Hangar 13, Mafia. So this is the Mafia Definitive Edition. Um, you know, it's it's your GTA clone, I think, with more serious story and obviously set in a different time period. Not really my kind of game, nope. but I do I do think this is a pretty solid uh, overall month. It's, it's one of those, hey, it checks a bunch of different boxes. You know, it's got yeah. a sports game, a, a multiplayer game, a expansion, and uh, you know, single player thing. So lots of stuff for, uh, for everybody out there. But um, 
I just gotta say, like, I, I, I do, I do want to commend Sony a little bit here. I know there were some people that were worried when they announced the split of these tiers uh, for their services that they were just gonna kneecap the shit out of essentials. Uh, and it seems like, at least still, you know, thus far, we're only probably about six, seven months into this service. Uh, they're staying pretty strong with it. These are four good release games. I, while I don't know if our, any of them are going to be for me or I'm going to play them, uh, I just want to give them some credit because if you ever go look at you know the games with gold side on Xbox, it's it's not pretty over there. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, and so once again, add these into your library even if you're not going to play them. Um, but yeah, not a bad list. No, pretty good month. Yeah. All right, let's move on. All right. So additionally, Sony kind of gave us some more uh, news. Just uh, it's not the most exciting things, but it's things that we want to make sure that everybody's aware of. So uh, they're rolling out some signups for the PS5 firmware beta. That's going to test a lot of new features. Now, uh, at the time you're listening to this, those signups and things have already been done. So hopefully, you know, you guys have seen that. And if you wanted to get in on it, you can. But um, people were notified in Canada, France, Germany, Japan, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Uh, that they would be get email invitations to take part in the beta uh, over the course of 2023 um, to see some new additions that may or may not appear. Um, biggest thing by far, you know, and this is something that a lot of people have been waiting for, is the Discord integration. Um, now, I'm not a Discord user. Nick, are you a Discord user? Do you know uh, about this like kind of service at all, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's just Microsoft Teams. It's just the gamer version of that. Like every okay. feature, the channels, all that, same thing. So when you think of Discord, just think of it like that. It okay. serves the same purpose. Okay. So I did see. I'm gonna try and see if I can find it now. I really I thought I pulled this quote, but I didn't. I'm gonna try and find it right now. But one thing that I did find uh, interesting is it doesn't seem like the Discord integration is quite what it was being sold as. Um, Not and what at I this mean time, by at least. <laughs> yeah. So they basically say that you're going to be able to have people see what you're playing, but if you want to do the chat, which is what everybody wants it for. You still have to use a computer or a phone. I I don't I want to look up some more and I'll provide updates for everybody if like we get more information on this. But it, do you know Nick? Is that just like a a a first step type thing, or is that going to be the full integration of the Discord service? I I don't I would I would expect there to be more, but uh, at this yeah. time, no. It is yeah. Just you can link your account to Discord voice chat, and then you can use. You know your your phone yeah. and the <laughs> or computer to uh, to do Discord voice. So yeah. So actually, I found it. So this is from Push Square. Um, so you know, obviously a big big news site out there. But I'm just going to read directly from them. Uh, it says Sony is in the process of rolling out a new fir- PS5 firmware update beta, which brings with it the long-awaited integration of Discord. Unfortunately, the implementation isn't quite as deep as we had originally hoped, allowing you to join cross-platform party chats, albeit with the use of the popular social network's official app. Effectively, you'll need to link your PSN and Discord identities and then start a voice voice chat with the aforementioned apps to begin talking. In the current uh, environment of cross-play releases, Discord is overdue for the welcome edition, but we'd hope, we had hoped that the Japanese giant would sweet streamline the setup and integrate it entirely into the PS5's operating system. Furthermore, we quietly anticipated and anticipated the community aspect of Discord, such as the ability to share screenshots and chat with like-minded fans would make its way as well. There's just no word of it yet. So 
Something that we need to keep an eye on, because I know when they initially said that Discord was going to come, it was going to start with this ability to like link your thing so people can see. But I was under the assumption that that was a very much a temporary first step thing and that eventually would have full functionality. But um, I just wanted to kind of shed light on that because I, I think a lot of people are like, oh, Discord's here. We can do all the Discord things. It's not quite that yet. No. Um, so there is that. And then additionally, uh, with the uh, beta, um, you're going to be able to specify if you want to send things directly to the PS uh, app instead of the current format, which is it automatically sends your screenshots and captures, uh, so you can do that. Um, there will be things like VRR uh, 1440p support, which is very big for the monitor community. Um, I know there's a lot of um, you know monitors that only support 1440p, so that will be good for those uh, those folks. Um, and then just a lot of little things, you know, new mm -hmm. PS4 to PS5 save data and PS5 to PS5 data transfer options. Um, in online multiplayer sessions, you'll see new options like who can you who can join and who can invite presets. Um, and you can update your dual sense wirelessly as opposing to have to plug it into your console. So obviously the two big things of this beta uh, are Discord and um, uh, my brain just my brain just freaked Variable out. Variable refresh rate. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And the VR for 1440p. Uh, those are the two big things. So if you are a monitor gamer, this might be something that you really want to look into. Um, but other than that, you know, it's it's kind of a minor one. I still would like to see things like themes and folders and, and stuff come back. But it took a long time for, for stuff to make it onto the PS4 that seemed to be no-brainers too. So it might just take a little bit of time. Yeah, this is nowhere near my prediction of an entire UI yeah. <laughs> remodel. <laughs> no, that would, yeah. that that I, I would hope so. I, at least just have the ability to more customizable. It's kind of weird that there's not a way to customize your shit more. You'd think that would be... Not too difficult, but right. Yeah, definitely what more personalization. Definitely, your profile page should be more customizable. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a lot lacking, but what are you gonna do? It's primary a gaming machine, so I'd rather they focus on that first, and it does that really well. So, yep. So that's it from the beta. You all can wake up from your naps. I know that's not the most exciting of <laughs> stuff, but you know it's it's important. So yeah, and it'll probably be available within the next month or two for everybody. So. Yeah. Uh, actually, I did want to ask you, Nick. What are what are your feelings about betas in general? Do you ever sign up for betas, or or what's your stance on them? Uh, <laughs> betas or quote unquote betas uh, that video <laughs> games seem to have that aren't real betas because the game's out in a month. Um, betas that be, be, true like I don't know true a beta that you find value in. Like, do you ever even bother? No, typically not. Like like I said, okay. unless it's like a quote unquote beta that I get to play a game early and check it out like an anthem or you know call of duty or whatever but no I, I don't get any value out of them i would i wouldn't rush to sign up for this i don't i don't need no it. i don't need it earlier yeah that's like my that. thought too i i've never liked betas i don't know even if it's a game i'm just like i don't know i don't want to play a less than i optimum version of it you know i'd right. rather just wait I'll wait till I'll wait till the developer gives me the thing that the developer's like. This is the thing I want you to play. I don't want you to test it for me. But right. there's a you know I know there's a lot of people that like it. So to each their own. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's move on and get hungry and thirsty and talk about <laughs> gaming, food, and drinks. So I wanted I had this thought you know one night as I was grabbing a drink uh, to play while I gamed that we should probably talk about it if we have any go-tos. Um, unfortunately, nobody wrote in about their go-tos, 
And I think, <laughs> for the most part, food especially is probably not one-to-one with gaming. <laughs> no, not typically. It was funny. I was in the grocery store earlier today, and I saw a uh, frozen pizza with Assassin's Creed on the front. Like, all the three the three uh, recent trilogy characters were all on the front, and you could get some, <laughs> unlock some stuff in those games <laughs> if you that, bought this pizza. <laughs> that's like the last... Ch- the last gaming franchise I would have expected you to say in today, like in February 2023. That's <laughs> yeah. that's weird. Yeah, I had to take a picture of it because I was like, I was just shocked. I'm like, what is this? Like, what? Why are yeah. you doing this? But uh, you know what's going to increase our pizza sales? All those hungry Assassin's Creed fans. <laughs> yes. That, yeah, it was a DiGiorno right, go, pizza. Hey, <laughs> I need you. I need you to go become the head of marketing at DiGiorno's Tunic. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, I'm sure they don't mind. Um. Jesus. So, yeah, there's there's like that, like, you know, food around gaming, you know, but I was, is there any, like, John, like a, a go-to, like, if you're mid-gaming, you're playing Elden Ring, that you, any kind of food that you prefer to have on the side or you would like? Uh, yeah, I typically go with some roasted asparagus and, you know, some San Pellegrino sparkling water. Uh, <laughs> make sure that I'm, <laughs> no. Uh, no, so I, when it comes to food and games, I would say food is definitely not as important to me as having my, my gaming beverage. Um, you know, and that's for multi, multiple reasons because A, I'm a Mountain Dew fiend. I think every gamer at some point goes through that. Yeah, um, it's Mountain and Dew so, and Doritos is what we, we those should are the, consume. Yep, That's what we're told the, we should consume. Yeah, do you want double XP or do you not want double XP? I mean, so um, so usually I, I will either have, I have a, a fridge in my basement, which is where I game, and I usually have it Ooh. stocked with, with Diet Mountain Dew because I try my best to save calories where I can, and I've, I've able to convince myself to get used to the diet flavor, and which is okay. Um, <laughs> so I usually have that, but I will say, since I've had my girls... Uh, I am a tired man. I am not <laughs> awake most of the day. And so when I get home at night and I play with my boy and I put him to sleep and I get settled in cozy, I hate to admit it because I'm probably killing myself way faster than I should be, but I usually have an energy drink ready to go with me. <laughs> it's, it's gotten so bad, Nick. It's, it's like I don't even feel motivated to play anymore if I'm not, like, hopped up on energy drinks. <laughs> so, what, so what time are you usually cracking this energy drink open? About 9 p.m. Oh, my God. I, it's yeah, amazing it, that you can even sleep at all that night. <laughs> oh, I, I, I've, I, my body has, uh, again, unfortunately gotten so used to it. That and I'm not talking, Nick. I'm not talking a monster, right? The monsters are energy drinks. But they have 160, ca- like whatever's of caffeine. 180 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah. I, I drink these dumb bang fucks <laughs> that have th- th- three that have 300 in there, and <laughs> because it's the only thing that makes me makes me actually feel like I am more alert than I was previously, and I hate myself for it because Nick. <laughs> Did what? What major thing did I have to go to the hospital for last year? Do you remember? <laughs> yes, kidney stones. <laughs> yeah, I had a kidney stone last year, guys. Like it was bad. I thought I was dying, but it wasn't enough to uh, dissuade me from drinking energy <laughs> drinks so I can, you know, make sure I can kill an Elden Ring boss or play good at Rocket League. Uh, sure. So, <laughs> so for me, it's usually drinks. Now I will say, if I'm gonna have a snack, uh, it's either one of two things. It's either gonna be pizza because that's my favorite food which is hard to do pizza and gaming, I get that. Uh, or 
gummy snacks, gummy candy, fruit snacks, whatever the case. Mm -hmm. Those are like my, those are like my pill popper things. My son <laughs> loves fruit snacks. Any parent probably has fruit snacks in their house. So I'll usually raid his stash before I, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I play some games, but, uh, that's, that's usually, those are probably my, my big ones though, is energy drinks, fruit snacks, and pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. I think, I think most people would admit energy drinks or soda of some kind or pop, as we like to say in the Midwest here, uh, pap. <laughs> uh, it would be it would be a go-to, and that's obviously why Mountain Dew is so tied in with video games. Is uh, gamers probably consume a crazy amount of sugar drinks of some kind. So, you know, we gotta we gotta we gotta have, keep our energy levels up. We gotta keep our Twitch reflexes up. So I'm imagining energy drinks are up there. And same for me. I I do like an energy drink or a pop while I'm gaming. Uh, I cannot do it as late as you do yeah <laughs> yeah uh but uh sometimes yeah i'll hey, do man. a pop right when i get home and i start like you know 6 7 p.m uh, I mean, what's what's more important nick video games or sleep i think you know the answer <laughs> yeah. yeah you know the answer to that <laughs> depends what game is out <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's a sliding scale <laughs> Spider-Man 2, sleep is at the bare minimum. Yep, you know? that's true. And then we're going to have to be, you know, if that game does become co-op, it's, you know, we're going to have to probably buy each other a 24-pack of something and just, yeah, it's go all night. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't, and I'm with you. I'm not a big food eater while I game. Uh, not like not like having it to the side of me and just picking from it, but I do kind of like pretzels sometimes or something that's not going to get my hands all gross. You know, yeah. I, I I don't know how people do Doritos or Cheetos or anything with a controller. That would just, that controller's uh, lifespan is dying just as fast as you are consuming them. Well, <laughs> Nick, you, you clearly haven't tried hard enough because yeah. if you practice, you can get good at the hold the bottom of the bag, tippy, tippy thing into your mouth where you can kind of get one I know, you mentioned this chips. last episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, then we don't, you get, you get the best of both worlds. You get your flaming Hot Cheetos or your Doritos and no messy hands. You, know, I, you just got practice, dude. I still imagine the all of them getting all over your body no. and, and, the, and the couch or chair that you're sitting in. <laughs> Listen, the incline of the bag is not 75 degrees. The incline of the bag is like 15 degrees. It's a, it's a shimmy. You shimmy, okay. you shake it, fine. so it shimmies itself down. All right, I'll teach you some. I can teach you, Nick. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> all right. But uh, definitely, and also microwavable foods. Are always great. Anything like mozzarella sticks, you know, pizza rolls, jalapeno poppers, yet pizza rolls, you know, those poppers. Those, <laughs> those those are great <laughs> go-to foods. Uh, they'll definitely not make you play better. I'm sure you'll you'll feel worse, but yeah. <laughs> you know, well. you can't you can't stop gaming to eat a normal meal like you were talking about earlier. You gotta you gotta get that food in you, that sustenance and calories in you fast, yeah. so you can keep playing. Yeah, not with the amount of free time I have. I can't. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, we'll ask you, though, Nick. I got to ask you, just for sure. the audience. I know. I think I know the answer, but rank your top three Mountain Dews, Nick. What are your top three? What are your go-tos? Code Red is number one. Mm, good choice. Followed by Livewire and then regular Mountain Dew. Okay. So okay. Livewire um, is the orange pop version of Mountain Dew. Is Baja Blast number four? You know, Baja Blast used to be up there, but I kind of came down on it. I don't think it no. is, is good. When you take it away from the Taco Bell fountain drink <laughs> setting, I don't think it is as good as a bottled pop. It's a little too sweet for me. Okay. All right. I'll so, allow it. 
Yeah. You're wrong, but I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a thing at work where if if anybody on our team finds any brand new Mountain Dew, we have to bring it in, and so we can all taste it and evaluate it. Yeah. Um, that's you know that's the level of commitment we have to video games, folks. Yeah, it's so. we have to make sure that we can evaluate all these things. <laughs> yeah, Pitch all Black right. just came out, so we tried that, and I would. I have to, I have to admit, I have a pitch black energy drink sitting there right next to me right now. So. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> oh, of course you do. So, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you yeah, for? gaming, you gaming enables bad, ha- bad food habits for sure. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> it's, it's addictive and long hours played. You just, you'll cut corners as, as, as far as quality of food and drink. <laughs> I cut corners in every aspect of my life, Nick. Not just get video games. It's <laughs> the way to do it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if you if you're listening and you have a, a good one, a, a good answer for this, uh, you know, write it in. We'll still read it. Um, or or here or another question for the audience: What is the most ridiculous thing you've ever eaten while playing video games? <laughs> You know, has anybody ever had like a turkey dinner or you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, Salisbury steak? You know, yeah. Let us let us know. <laughs> or even like like uh, gaming related dishes. You know, they there's all those cookbooks out there. Like there's a Fallout one and for making yeah. like you know all those. Uh, I wonder how those turn out. <laughs> uh, probably uh, slightly worse than if you just make whatever it is normally. But you know. It's fun. It's probably, I picture it's just a lot of the normal things, but with like food coloring or, you know, just cut in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've, I'm, I'm picturing like something like Mass Effect or Fifth Element or something, though, when I think of this kind of stuff. Yeah, like weird just food like, coloring on normal food. Yeah. <laughs> to make yeah, it yeah. look exotic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on into the games I've been playing. And as mentioned last week, uh, John gave me his copy of Resident Evil 2, so I dove into that. Uh, Resident Evil 2 is a remake of the 1998 PlayStation 1 classic game of the same title. It came out on January 25th of 2019. It got its PS5 version last year on June 13th, and it is sitting at a very happy 92 on Open Critic. And I played through. Claire's campaign. Uh, in this game, you get the choice of playing either uh, Leon Kennedy of Resident Evil 4 fame or uh, Claire Redfield. And so I, you play through one campaign and then you go back and you play through the other one. So I did one playthrough of Claire. Uh, it is a third-person survival horror game in which you try to escape a zombie apocalypse in the city of the same name, Raccoon City. Uh, you know, I kind of enjoyed my playthrough with this, but then John had to give me the newest Dead Space. And <laughs> Whoops. So, <laughs> uh, playing Dead Space after immediately after Resident Evil uh, is uh, just kind of really show that that franchise just does not even hold even the a fraction of how good Dead Space is. Not even not even close in any department. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that, John, but... <laughs> well, it, first, it sounds like I just Tanya Harding the fuck out of Resident Evil. Where it's just like, <laughs> Why? Why did you show him Dead Space? Um, I, I mean, I think, I, I, I think it's a little bit closer than you probably do, which, you know, I, is not a detriment or a positive for either game. I think they're both just 
fantastic, you know, experiences that mm-hmm. um, Dead Space is is probably for me a little bit stronger. Um, but that's only because I think Resident Evil, you know, I, I find it interesting, Nick, you know, when I asked you how, what you th- thought of it, from what I can remember, I, th- I feel like your first thing was like uh, you critiqued the story. Right. And that's fine. That's, you know, it's a very important part of the game. But I don't I don't play Resident Evil games or really those kind of games to to really get invested in the story and the characters and things that are going on. I want to feel scared. I want good mechanics. I want resource management to be dialed down to a T. I want lighting to be good. I want good enemy design. And I feel like Resident Evil 2 does a lot of that very well. I think the liquors are pretty fucking cool enemies. Um, the police station itself is a, is a cool play to expl- place to explore. Um, from what I can remember, I thought the map design was great, where it, it really showed you, like, if you get all the things in this area, we're going to turn this section blue, so you don't have to yeah, worry about it anymore. That is a very nice like, feature. Like, I really appreciate those kind of things, and I think Mr. X, while maybe a bit annoying at times is a cool thing when you kind of analyze it from a uh, programming standpoint that they put this, you know, massive intimidating thing just, just stalks you throughout the whole map. So, um, but yes, Dead Space has a better story to tell. It's a better setting. The Ishimura is fucking awesome. And the enemy designs are top-notch and the weapons are better. So yes, I think it is a better <laughs> game. But I think Resident Evil 2 still is not... It, like, a 92? It's not, I can't argue with it. Like, I, I, think, I think Dead Space is just probably like a 95 for me. You know, for, for John's, John's reviews. Sure, sure, sure. And, and I will say, Dead Space does not exist without Resident Evil. Like, that's yes. obviously where a lot of its inspirations come from. Because it is also a third-person survival game. Uh, but yeah, the like the writing is is night and day, and I know Resident Evil is campy, uh, but people like those games and they like that story. You know, they like these characters. That's why they're always returning. You know, that's why Leon will be back yeah. in Resident Evil Four. But yeah, they I don't just get that. But they just never they never just go there to like it never gets like really good like. You know, you'll read like some of the horrific things that are happening in Resident Evil. Like, uh, there's an orphanage there where they're they're obviously testing on the orphans, and that's like that's some sick and twisted shit. But it just doesn't go no. anywhere. It's just another th- bad thing that Umbrella's doing on top of all the bad things. Um, and then even from like the very beginning, like the gameplay standpoint, uh, in the beginning of Resident Evil, you're just given a revolver pistol that has this horrible like. Every time you shoot it, the crosshairs just extend out, and you have to wait a lot longer to like for them to close in so you can aim more particularly. And then on top of that, zombies in this game just take like 15 headshots to the 15 headshots, you know, like 15 shots to the head, and they keep getting up. Oh, he fell down. Let me stab him with a knife. Oh, he's still alive. Shoot him more in the head. Even even the characters in the game are like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're audibly like frustrated with how many times these zombies get up, and I think that that it's like a way for them to combat that they're just giant, they're slow moving and easy to, you know, get away from. But you know, they made them just giant bullet sponges. So if you do want to kill them, you're going to have to commit a significant amount of ammo. But in Dead Space, you get one of the best weapons of all time, the plasma cutter. You know, mm-hmm. where you can angle it to shoot off limbs of these creatures. And then you're also given the ability of stasis and kinesis, where you're able to freeze enemies in place and then lift items in the environment or even rip arms off of the necromorphs and kill them with it. It's just like, from a gameplay standpoint, it's 
It's just right off the bat. It's like a giant noticeable difference. I forgot you know? about that part. I forgot. <laughs> I remember. I remember the first time I did that, where I blew off an arm and then shot it at somebody. I was like, "Oh my god, this this fucking game." So <laughs> yeah. so such a such a cool thing. Yeah. So like that element's better. Uh, the Dead Space remake looks looks so much better. You know, the lighting, the the atmosphere, the sound design, the scares. You know, yeah, was, that's, all, that's that's also PS5 versus PS4, though. You know. <laughs> True, true. Yeah. And I, yeah, maybe Resident Evil 4 will really, you know, up the ante on these things. But yeah. I, I just don't think it will because, you know, we, as we know, Resident Evil 4 is much more action orientated. So mm-hmm. it, it's not more interested in scaring you. It's just more in like throwing mobs of any enemies at you and just kind of this arcadey style shooter um, with a little bit of survival horror elements at certain points. But. But yeah, it's just it's and like I said, I enjoyed my that initial playthrough, even though I do not like Mr. X. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, for to explain, Mr. X is just this big hulking guy that about midway through the game in Resident Evil just follows you around. Like you go into a room, he's coming in there, you know. So he's just like constantly chasing you around. So if you have to like interact with like a puzzle. Or you're just trying to, like, even just be in the main room to, like, save your game. Here he comes, this big, loud thud of a man. <laughs> he just mm-hmm. keeps chasing after you. And then, you know, you just have to, like, kind of, like, run away, backtrack to get to where you want so he's not there anymore. Um, which left left this comedic part in the library in the police station where I was just doing laps around the room trying to do this puzzle as he was chasing me. So I would... I would try and do the puzzle. He'd get close. I'd run upstairs. He'd follow me upstairs. I'd jump downstairs, do a little bit more of the puzzle. And I had to do this loop like six times. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I remember doing the exact same thing. Yeah. So I just, just I don't know. I just, I know like Resident Evil 2 is a, you know, a storied game. And this the, the, the remake is really trying to stick to, you know, pretty much one-to-one just with new gameplay elements here and there and a few new moments. Uh but uh, I just, I just, man, as we'll get into when we talk about, you know, Dead Space is our Jan- our February game. Dead Space is just great. Yeah. <laughs> it's phenomenal. From there's not a there's so many great elements. You know, the zero G. Uh, oh yeah, as you mentioned, the different weapons. There's just so much more better going on. And on top of that, it has a really good and frightening story uh, throughout. Well, if I uh, if I if I Nancy Kerrigan Resident Evil Two with Dead Space, HBO came in and Nancy Kerrigan her other leg with The Last of Us. So it's very interesting <laughs> time to be playing this zombie game when you are watching a one of the greatest narrative zombie stories ever told, and then coupled with a the, one of the greatest <laughs> playing zombie games on the other side. <laughs> it's just kind of interesting, but no, it's it's yeah, it's it's a storied game. It's incredibly high quality. The writing is bleh, but. You know, it's still, uh, still great, still great. If you haven't played Resident Evil Two, I would, I would still highly, highly recommend it. And quick, quick question for you: How, how scared do you get while playing games like these? Well, I mean, I, re- I remember Resident Evil Two. Um, there's, a, there's a part where you're kind of going down a hallway next to the main spot of the police station. You go under a door that's shutting, and a zombie grabs your leg. That's, I remember being actually like audibly scared in that moment. Just something about the lighting, but I will say probably not not that 
you know, like when I play through Dead Space, I don't, I really don't think it's going to scare me that much. I might eat my words on that, but <laughs> my my favorite my favorite genre in movies, which is my other huge hobby, is horror movies. I, I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the things that get under my skin are more existential things, possession things, um, you know, not being able to be in control of a situation at all. You know, like the scariest game, the the scariest games I've played. Um, Resident Evil 7 VR, I feel like that doesn't count, though, because you're fucking in it, right? You cannot get more immersed. But um, Outlast, you know, Outlast is scary because you don't have a way to fight back. There is nothing you can do to besides just avoid, hide, and run. And so in situations like that, I feel much more scared than when I have a gun because I know that I'm able to go, okay, game, Game design, they designed this part here. Okay, I can, you know, I'm going to have wet ammo over here. The enemy's coming down this hallway. I can I can analyze the situation, I think, a little bit more, um, right. you know, anal- analytically, for lack of a better word. So, um, I typically, yeah, you need to remove a weapon from me and take the agency out of my hands, and I'll probably be <laughs> a little more scared. Yeah, because that was the other kind of thing I wanted to briefly touch on, is, like, it has been so long since I played, like, a horror game in general. I couldn't, I couldn't even remember. I thought... Maybe like control was kind of like that, you know, but not really because your character's so overpowered. Um, Dude, it's so, probably The Last of Us Two. Like that's <laughs> I would argue Last of Us Two is more horror than Control. You know, that's true. That's true. Probably Last of Us Two. So yeah, you're looking at yeah, just uh, almost two and a half years since my last horror game. So yeah, even when just starting Resident Evil Two again, uh, well, I was just like I was just I could feel like my nerves were tense. Um, yeah. including that scene you were mentioning about the leg grabbing because that is followed by like kind of you're not really you don't really have to fight zombies and for a while you can and they're you're when you do see them in the initial parts they're kind of in these open areas but this is kind of the first part where there's like there's a lot of zombies and you're in a very skinny hall and dark it's hall. very dark yeah it's very yeah. dark you can barely see and and you just had gotten here, so like you have to like kind of remember where you came from because you kind of come through this door, make it to a spot, and then the zombies start flooding, and you have to like make it back, and and yeah, I remember that. Yeah, just being like, oh man, like I'm kind of like uh-huh. I'm like on edge right now. Like if like Courtney came up behind me, I'd like I'd probably yell <laughs> audibly. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, that that stuff you know, and that stuff definitely does happen to me. I'm not trying to sound like a hard ass or anything. It's just I you know, anytime you inundate yourself with something, you become a little desensitized to it. So sure. you know, some of my favorite movies of the past five years, you know, Hereditary, The Witch, Midsummer. I love that kind of stuff. Um, my dad showed me The Exorcist when I was ten years old for some reason. I don't know why he. <laughs> decided to do that but um i think that's why possession freaks me out so much but uh you know yeah, zombies and that kind of stuff not so not so bad yeah and, and, and again you do kind of like get you know as you're as you get accustomed to the environment right you're used to you know zombies and dogs or necromorphs just popping out of everywhere eventually you know it's like yeah. up here's a new room where are the enemies gonna come from but even even still, there's always that moment in Resident Evil 2. You're like in this underground lab, and I remember I walking through there, and uh, that liquor creature that you had mentioned, one yeah. dropped in front of me, yeah. and I was backing up. You know, I've seen plenty of liquors. I'm not worried about that. But my camera was positioned just enough to where I could see that one had dropped behind me, just like a, a part of his body had just clipped into the camera. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, like it, just, it just got me because I, I just was not expecting it. And same thing uh, 
and especially in dead space and especially a lot of the zero G sections because there's no audio because you're in space. Sound doesn't travel through space. Uh, that a lot of moments of those the creatures just the ones that like lunge at you like attach themselves to a wall and then like you know like pinball themselves oh, at you it's yeah. just like oh fuck because like, I yeah. can't hear you I don't know where you're coming from you know and yeah just the, the lighting and the glare in your eyes it's like oh god I'm losing track of these monsters and uh, it's yeah, and you're, and you're not even and you're not even playing this stuff with headphones like a little coward <laughs> little coward you know? I did play a little not last even. night after you had said that like I was like alright okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try some with the 3D oh, audio and check it out so important. So important. Yeah. Yeah. So so Resident <laughs> Evil 2, I, I, despite my criticisms, I am going to go back after Dead Space and play through the Leon campaign so I can see the, you know, the true ending and, you know, kind of get myself uh, st- um, steeled for Resident Evil 4. <laughs> <laughs> M- Mr. I haven't played a scary game and I can't remember. Oh, let me play four in a row. That'll be good. <laughs> yeah. That'll be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw Resident Evil 3 is on sale. It's 10 bucks, so yeah. I'm going to have to jump into that, too. <laughs> nice. Well, so. there you go. You won't, you'll be desensitized like me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'll, Ashley Graham will have the best protector in me uh, in Resident <laughs> Evil 4 because I'll be like, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> Lucky her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Oh, can't wait. (laughs) Here we are going to discuss HBO's The Last of Us, the episode three. I believe it's called Long, Long Road. Long, Long Time. Long, Long Time. Thank you. Um, So if you have not watched that, it is spoiler warnings, uh, full spoilers for this episode. Uh, And yeah, let's let's just get right into it. Uh, We get kind of... You know, the aftermath of uh, Tess's death, uh, we get a scene with Joel stacking rocks as he cools his bloodied wrist from beating up that security guard. And then we get Ellie uh, kind of, it's like what, like a kind of like an apology, but not really an apology, like, like saying like, hey, you guys chose to get the battery. You guys chose to do this. It's not my fault. But I also uh, yeah. want you to like me, Joel. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would argue, you know, it was definitely not an apology. You know, she, I think she even says as much. You know, she starts to talk. She goes, well, I was thinking about Tess and Joel. I don't want your apologies. I wasn't going to apologize. What I'm trying to tell you is this. And, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I think this is the beginning of the boundaries starting to be established and starting to try and figure each other out, right? This is mm-hmm. Ellie Ellie. You know, it's important for Ellie, I think, in this moment to establish herself. She doesn't have tests with her anymore. That has been the person that she's kind of attached herself to in this entire scenario. She is not here anymore. Now I need to figure out what is my dynamic with Joel. Mm -hmm. And so right off the bat, you know, she's like, look, you're not going to push me around. I understand what we're doing. I understand the the levity of this whole situation. That might not have been the right word. It just popped in my head. Sorry, if it's not. But, you know, she's proving that she... You know, she wants, like you said, she wants Joel to like her. She wants Joel to see how hardened she is, how she can deal with all this stuff. You know, you can give me a gun. You can give me all this stuff. And I think this is kind of the the beginning of all that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are. We got the two of them together. Um, I believe this is when they just start walking together. I believe the gun conversation comes up again. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's just the two of them. 
you know, and of course Joel isn't having it. Um, we yeah, also she sees she sees his pistol on his like hip belt buckle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, oh, I have two. I have an extra hand. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we also here get the verbal confirmation that it indeed was the flower that the uh, infection, the cordyceps, spread through. As Joel tells Ellie, that's what happened. I believe she also gets amazed by a plane at this point and the whole idea of flying. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, what I kind of wanted to just say about this whole, you know, this whole walking segment, I guess we can call it, or just their their initial adventure together is we finally get to see lighthearted Ellie. And that was so nice to see because, mm-hmm. you know, right so far we've seen foul-mouthed Ellie, sassy Ellie, angry Ellie, scared Ellie, but her most endearing characteristic to me is her lighthearted funny side. You know, the jokes that she'll tell through the game and, and the trying to make light of a situation that is definitely heavy. And so this was very nice to see. And I think Bella did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think about the one interaction from the whole thing that kind of made me chuckle is uh, Ellie sees a scar on Joel's face. And, you know, and he's like, how, she's like, how'd you get that scar on your head? Was it something lame like falling down the stairs? You know, he's like, no, someone shot at me. Oh, you see, that's cool. Did you shoot back? Did you get him? And it's just like this great, great, you can see that she's just like this little kid that just like, you know, is interested in this guy that she obviously respects and he's doing cool things. And, you know, as we'll kind of talk later, she obviously has a dark side. So she's interested in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's able to, you know, present it in this funny way where it's like, you know, no, I missed him too. It happens more often than you think. Well, because you suck at shooting or just like in general. Like, it's, <laughs> I love that stuff so much. Makes me, makes me so happy to see funny Ellie. Yeah, and yeah, there's going to be a lot more of that in this show. <laughs> yeah. You're going to definitely see a lot more funny Ellie. Um, uh, we do get a scene where they kind of come up to like a gas station. Joel goes to... He has been stashing supplies there just in case, you know, something happens. And so while he's looking for the stash, because he doesn't remember where he put it, it's been years, Ellie kind of explores uh, the back room of the gas station and finds an underground basement. And this has to be one of the, I know we talked about this, one of the most tensest tensest scenes in the episode because she's opening... A, a hole in the floor that leads obvi- to an obvious like dark place and just nonchalantly is not looking down there like <laughs> looking looking yeah. for Joel looking you know making sure he doesn't hear that she's going down there and just like I'm just like wouldn't you shine a flashlight in there first yeah <laughs> wouldn't you do yeah, anything they're, they're, f- they're fucking assholes with this one <laughs> all right we know what you're doing just yeah just just don't. Come on. We're already all <laughs> tense enough. <laughs> uh, and I, I forgot to mention before we move on, there was no cold open for this episode. Nah. So mm-hmm. it just it kind of just got right into it. Um, there yeah. was no, pre, no pre-pandemic or any kind of uh, hint at what was coming. It just went, they went right into the title screen. Um, before, before we get into what's in the basement, Nick, I did want to, before we move on, uh, about the video game machine that Ellie sees in the gas station. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, was it in Left Behind or was it in the OG, like the original Last of Us where she sees that cabinet? Because I know that she plays the game in Left Behind, but I think she sees it in the game, right? Yeah, I think she sees it in remember. the game. And, and I think Joel, yeah. Joel talks shit about video games, I think. 
Yeah, so, you know, in the game, there's a, I think it's, the game's called The Turning, right? She sees an arcade cabinet, and unfortunately, it's out of power like everything else, but she gets, you know, she's like, oh, this was so cool, I've heard about this game, I want to play it so bad. And they did a great job in, in this, you know, highlighting that moment, but making it Mortal Kombat 2, which anybody who, you know, played video games back in the day, that's one of the most seminal fighting games ever. And, you know, even adding in the little bit about Melina, you know, doing a fatality where she yeah. spits out your bones was, <laughs> was a nice little touch. So yeah. just wanted to mention that real quick. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, she stupidly goes into this uh, basement and does eventually hear an infected, uh, but this infected has, uh, is stuck. Uh, the roof of the building had collapsed or the tunnel had collapsed on it, so it's kind of stuck with just its kind of head exposed, uh, but it's still all infected and fungified. Uh, and then we get a kind of like a it's kind of a little dark scene where Ellie kind of just slowly approaches the body, takes out her knife, slowly cuts the skin on the infected. Which yeah, is, can they stop doing that? Yeah, we get it. There's 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 fucking fungus behind it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, and it's gross. <laughs> yeah, kudos to special effects team. <laughs> sure. And uh, and then eventually just stabs it right in the face, killing it. Um, I think they're really, as as we'll get in an even later scene, kind of like, yeah, doubling down on like kind of this. And I wonder if this is because of the knowledge of The Last of Us 2 that Ellie is capable of very fucked up shit. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, they're just smartly laying the groundwork early, you know, because if you're just a passive viewer in a TV show, you lose a lot of the agency that the player has. And so I think it's going to be a little bit harder to convey... To the viewer, just the amount of fucked up things that Ellie would do, maybe, or the things that happen between game one and game two, or whatever the case. And so they need to probably start sowing those seeds a little bit earlier to get that idea in the viewer's head that, look, Ellie might have jokes, she might be funny, and and whatever the case, but she's got a dark side, and... Mm -hmm. You know, if you can't control that dark side, um, it's going to lead some to some very bad consequences. Um, so I think I think you're right, Nick. I think they're just trying to kind of, you know, start that now. Start yep. showing that she's, uh, you know, yeah, got and some, that, got some and shit. And that she's gonna be a yeah. That what makes her a survivor? You know, that someone yeah. who's gonna survive this, uh, this apocalypse. So, so yeah. So like yeah, more more breadcrumbs. Um, and then we kind of, they get all taken care of. Joel has no idea what had happened. And then we get to move on uh, from the gas station. And uh, Joel wants to, I think, take the long way because there's something yeah. he doesn't want Ellie to see. And Ellie doesn't care. You know, she's, you know, what could it be, you know? What, what could it possibly be at this point? Um yeah, and I think she's again trying to prove to Joel, be like, I'm I'm not a baby. I right. like let's let's go. I, whatever <laughs> you can throw at me, I can handle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, what she does come across is a mass grave of men, women, and children, who Joel explains that the army would promise that they were going to take them to a quarantine zone, but if the quarantine zone was full they would take them and just kill them so they wouldn't spread the infection. So, Dead people can't be infected. Yeah, so so very, very dark. Um, and it does zoom in on a couple skulls, and those skulls uh, transform into a flashback 
back all the way 2003 uh, to the same people as they're getting taken away by the army. And this is when we get our first viewing of Bill. <laughs> Not today, you New World Order jackboot fucks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Such yes. a good line. Yes, a, a great introduction to Bill, uh, performed by Nick Offerman, uh, which, again, if you listen to the podcast, uh, they, again, you know, uh, credit Vince Gilligan, who also likes to hire comedic actors for non-comedic roles uh, because they have an innate humanity that beneath the drama, because... That is beneath the drama because they understand the absurdity of the world. That is the bedrock of comedy. Uh, so this is why they hired Nick Offerman, known for Parks and Rec and a lot of comedic roles, to be mm. a very serious Bill. Yeah. No. And and the obvious shining example of that that you know Vince Vince is referencing is hiring Brian Cranston to play. Um, Walter White and how good of a job he did. So I think I think the same philosophy was applied here. Um, Nick, I'm gonna I'm gonna use any opportunity I can to bring Breaking Bad into the show whenever I possibly can. So um, yeah, I'll, well, that won't be the last Goodman. time. I mean, that's another, again another yeah? Bob uh-huh. Odenkirk. Great, great, great. Uh, yep, absolutely. So uh, so yeah, uh, we get a flashback of you know the next twenty years of Bill's life. Uh, yeah. And it starts here, and uh, Bill is uh, obviously a survivalist. He, we get a nice montage of him making traps, uh, setting up his house, uh, turning the gas back on after the power goes out, starting a generator, uh, everything that you know we eventually saw in the game in Bill's Town is that you know Bill's Town is full of traps, and Bill knows how to take care of himself. This man is on cloud nine, Nick. He is so happy right now. This is this is everything he's ever wanted in life, to be left alone, to tinker around with building flamethrowers and fucking shit, having nice meals. Uh, you know, it's 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 weird to that it's kind of framed in this way, but yeah, like to him, this the apocalypse was the best thing that's ever happened to him. It's crazy. Well, yeah, obviously it's the payoff to everything he's ever learned because yeah. he's very obviously very yeah. smart and uh, can, you know, yeah, again, convert the whole town into <laughs> a death trap that protects them. Yeah. Oh, one thing before I forget. I wanted to just, that, that line I said in the beginning, the, the, listening to the podcast, I found this story kind of funny, is that when Craig Mazin was writing the script, you know, anybody who writes a script, you often will make notes and write things in italics or whatever the case to tell the actor what your frame of mind should be or, or how you should be feeling in this moment. And Craig Mazin wrote in italics, so this is what should not have been said, was the not today you New World Order jackboot fucks. And Nick Offerman, I guess, wrote read that line and he just goes, hey, uh, Craig, one more thing about the script. I'm saying this line. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you do you, you, do, you, do you, Nick. And it was, uh, it was just beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah, that line's so great and a great introduction to the character. Uh, yep. uh, eventually, this montage ends and we get a scene where one of Bill's traps has been triggered, a little hole that he digs, and inside it is not an infected, but just a man by himself, and it is... Frank, played by Murray Bartlett, uh, and this is their kind of big introduction to each other. Um, 
I don't I don't know how many of the individual points you want to cover, John, but uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know if it makes a lot of sense to really go down in depth here, but you know, why don't we just kind of have a general discussion on, you know, if there's any obviously major points you want to bring up, any beautiful moments, but I just kind of want to state off the bat here. Um I'm I'm not a love story kind of guy. I I don't particularly like action, but when I when I watch things like if it's got a love story or whatever the case it's usually just side material and I don't really care about it but this 50 minutes that they gave us is maybe <laughs> the most beautiful love story that I have ever seen in my life yeah. and I I don't think I exaggerating when I say that they did such a beautiful job of demonstrating the love that these two people have for each other and you really feel like you're experiencing their relationship firsthand, even though it takes place over like 16 years and it has time jumps and things in between you the entire time feel the love that these people have for each other mm-hmm. and know that, that the apocalypse brought them together and, and they, they, this, this, this is their purpose. This is what they live for now. They don't, you know, they want to just be with each other. And it's, I couldn't believe it, man. I knew that Craig Mazin, you know, could handle high drama, dirty, gross, zombie, Chernobyl shit. But I didn't know he could write <laughs> a love story this impactful. And hands, hats off to, to Nick Offerman, to Murray Bartlett, who brought these characters into such a real place um and i you know i don't know if you feel the same same nick but like i just it's um you know it 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 made me cry i was a loss for words at the end of it and it seems like that's kind of the general reception uh from everybody this is gonna clean up award season but you know and there are of course people out out there that are saying this is you know propaganda from the left or whatever you want to case say but um one last thing i want to say before i turn it over to you and we can talk about specific points like the piano moment if you want but uh i have i i i'm gonna try to tread very lightly here all right i'm not i don't like to you know you know how i am politically nick i don't really want the audience that is not why we're here but it's upsetting when things that are beautiful and amazingly created and respectful of everybody's belief system and things out there that there's a group of people that still want to just go this is liberal propaganda uh this is trash one out of zero or one out of ten and there are things out there where i feel like there are companies and i think disney's kind of a, a, uh, does this a lot where they kind of look seem like they are checking boxes you know it's like we need to have at least one homosexual couple in here you know we need to show them holding hands or having a, a, a kiss or whatever and i feel like lots of times that does not enhance the story it does not do a good job of of um you know getting the points across but this right here it doesn't matter this could have been this could have been two women two two men two old people two young people uh an alien and a horse like this could have been whatever the fucking case and so it's just upsetting when I see that stuff. And um, I would urge you that if you have any of those kind of leanings in your life, I you know I respect you. You do what you want, but do not bypass this type of product and claim that it's just it's just fluff to feed a propaganda machine. It's it's so so much more than that. Um, and that's all I'll say about the case. Yeah, you just you, I think you just need to stay away from the internet. <laughs> oh, for because, sure, because it's a it's a vocal minority. It, you know, like the. It, to 
to not like the episode for for the reason because it's a story of two gay men and then go to a site and review bomb it and all that mm-hmm. other stuff like just like who uh, who has the energy for that i just it blows my mind sometimes that you know that there's so many people out there that just just can't leave it alone you know if you don't like it just watch the next episode you know yeah but, but no, you're absolutely what, right Sorry. But, but it is what it is, you know. So that's it's just something that we're gonna we're gonna deal with for quite some time, you know. Yeah, but, and you're and you're right, Nick. Stay away from the internet, people. It's a toxic place, but <laughs> I, I still think it is important to bring up just because it is a part of the discussion. Um, but sure. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, did you want to cover any of the specific moments that that really well, kind of stood I just, out? I think it just it, a yeah. Obviously, it works because of the writing. But because, like, a lot of attention to detail was put into this, you know, obviously the actors, uh, they made a big point of casting a gay actor to be Frank. Uh, the the director of this episode is a gay man uh, mm-hmm. who are both in the same age range as Bill and Frank are. So I think, like, when you have the con- that, like, perfect combination, no wonder it turned out so great. You know, you got the, yeah. you got the acting chops, you got the, the real-life experiences, pulled in there and a lot of people that really are really passionate about the overall show and specifically this episode and the story it was trying to tell that there's it, no it's no wonder like it, that it turned out so well that's just you know uh mm-hmm. just great all around like they just again attention to detail in this episode it's just it's just great you know and i and yeah. i think with murray bartlett and nick offerman just they just killed it that's that's kind of the big reason it works is because in, in that piano scene where they kind of realize that they they have feelings for each other and uh, go in for this kiss, like look at Nick Offerman. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's insane. This the range of emotions he's putting on there, like this kind of like this fear, this vulnerability. You know, like he's a man who's you know spent the last four years alone, and the first person he meets, he's like attracted to like it's just like just think about how crazy that would be you can almost look see the look on his face like he feels like he's betrayed himself where it's just like i i you know i have this identity i am a man's man with with guns and i make meat and i do all this stuff and and it's like he you know you can see it on his face he's like i don't know how i feel right now but i want you but i don't know how to process that i'm scared will you help me and and frank he he sees that he has a moment in bed where he's like, have you ever done this before? Well, no, with a girl a long time ago. Okay, well, I'm going to start with the simple things. Like, I'm going to take care of you right. in, in whatever way he can. Because as we know, watching this episode, Bill's entire life mission now is to take care of Frank. Right, right. And, I, and I, even, like, after after that initial kiss, like, even if you look at Frank, like, Murray Bartlett sheds a tear at that moment. Like, it, mm-hmm. I, just, I just can't, like... The acting is just yeah. on, a, on another level with these two, and like like I said, that that just sets the tone for the for everything that how this episode works so well is just like because the the relationship is so raw and real that you really buy everything that's going to come next, you know. Dude, acting acting is everything, man. I mean, you know, again, uh, here we go, Breaking Bad again. Haha, I did it. Um, you know, that that show's amazing on every front, but. Without that performance from Aaron Paul and, and Brian Cranston in some of the most pivotal moments that you can think, you know, whether it's the phone call he makes to Skyler at the end or whatever the case, that's why that show gets elevated to that level. Same right. thing could be said about True Detective season one. Matthew McConaughey fucking kills it. And so 
Yeah, I, the Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett are right up there with those conversations. Um, yeah, yeah. But I do. We should talk. I think a little bit, Nick. Just obviously, this is what, the biggest departure from the game, right? That we've seen so far. Yeah, um, yeah. I was I was kind of saving that for the end because of. Okay. We know how that relationship ends in the game, and then how the relationship ends in the show is quite quite different. Uh, right. But we can, yeah, we can get into it now. I mean, this, I mean, this doesn't exist. Well, like it's, <laughs> yeah, like it's alluded well, it, to from Bill saying that he had someone to care about, and then, you know, we get, you know, the ending. We learn what happened to Frank in the game. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, so just without hitting specific points, like the the remainder of the episode is typically it's a lot of middle middle stuff where you get a development of their relationship with one another, um, but. You know, there's there's not there's not a ton happening, you know, outside of like, hey, we're meeting Joel and Tess. Okay, we're gonna show you how we met Joel and Tess. Okay, um, we're gonna eat strawberries again, just building their love for one another, so that when you get to the end of this episode, and as, as somebody who's played the game, I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop. I don't know if you were Nick, but I was waiting for that shoe to drop because, to to my point about this being the biggest difference, I sorry Nick, if you did you already say this that Frank is not there. Frank dies. Did you say that? I'm sorry if you already had. No, I had not said that. Okay. So the biggest difference, right, is is Frank in the game. You find him in a shop hung hung up with a note. And Bill is very much alive. Bill is exploring the city with you. And so I, as a viewer, I'm like, okay, what, what, how much of a departure are we going here? Are we going to see, you know, this moment where where Bill has to watch Frank die in his arms, whatever the case, you know, it's going to be incredibly sad, but that's well, what... Ha- if it follows the events of the game, you're waiting for, like, the fallout of, like, the relationship, like, the big fight, you know. Um, right. And I thought the one scene where they were fighting about, you know, uh, Frank wanted to mow the lawn and paint the house, I thought that was the start, like, yeah. of them kind of, you know... Again, these are two guys that are going to live together for years and not see anybody for 99% of that time that would strain any relationship you know just think about that yeah. that i thought yeah. that yeah we were going to get there the, the relationship would crumble and and well, and frank would and, leave and i bet you that had to have been intentional like that they 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 probably thought that okay yeah people are going to think this but like no we're going to spin this around to show that our love is stronger than ever that you know we can have these fights that we can have these disagreements and i'm pissed off at you but guess what like you are still the only reason that i'm alive any or that i care about anything anymore um yeah so so yeah i i was expecting i and i don't know at what point of the episode i kind of came to the understanding that we were in for a big change and the big change that we come to find out is that frank decides as he is getting older he has a degenerative disease he is unable to paint anymore he can't even get out of bed he decides he's he's gonna have one more good day and and this is, you know, I, probably the most beautiful part of the episode is the speech that that Frank gives Bill, where he's saying he wants to he wants to give him one more good day. He wants to go down to the shop, get some nice clothes, put those clothes on. He's gonna wear what you're gonna wear what I want you to wear. We're gonna go get married. You're gonna cook me a beautiful dinner, and you're gonna, I'm gonna fall asleep in your arms. And it's it's incredible moment. I was crying. Nick Offerman's crying. Murray Bartlett's everybody's crying. Well, just imagine being in Nick Offerman's shoes. That's like oh, I know. Imagine, that's it's 
what an ask, you know, and I believe he uses the words, I want you to love me how I want you to love me. <laughs> right, because, yeah, Nick Offerman straight up goes, oh, I can't do that. Like, right. well, he's crying, of course, I can't do that. Well, do you love me? You know, and of course he does. And so, yeah, love me the way I want you to love me. And and so, again, as the viewer, I'm just like, what? what is the resolution of all this? Like, uh, is is he going to just die and then Bill's just like, that's why he's so bitter or, mm-hmm. or whatever the case. And we find out that they decided to change it up entirely. And instead of Bill being of Bill giving Frank the poison and having him fall asleep, he decides to do, uh, as, as Frank puts out, an objectively romantic thing, and he, he basically poisons himself with him, so they go and die together. Mm-hmm. And I found that, obviously, very, very interesting because it's such a wild departure from the game, more than anything we've ever seen. And listening to Neil Druckmann talk about it, it makes sense, though, because... You know, he says he's scared to do departures. He's scared to change the fate of characters, right? Because at this point, we're not just changing a plot point. We're changing the fate of Frank. And whether that's you have future plans for this character or, or if there's other ramifications of him uh, being dead as opposed to alive, it's like you kind of, you got to really make sure that everything is, is buttoned up and in order before you do something like that. And he realized that this, is a, this adds much more positives and then it detracts from the story. Yes, we're going to miss Ellie and Bill Banter. Everybody wanted to see that, especially with Nick Offerman. You know, he's good at that kind of shit. But, you know, this is a result I think is much more impactful, much more character focused and uh, allows us to see a little bit of happiness in this world because as sad as this episode is, Nick, and I don't, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think they won. Like, I view this as a win. Yeah, that no, they were they were sure. they were able to go out on their own terms. And, you know, it's like, of course it's sad. Of course it's, it's heartbreaking, but they were each other's purpose and they went out together. Like, how can you ask for a better ending than that in this world that they live in? No, it's, it's, a, it's a happy ending for sure. You know, it's, yeah. you know, guys that, you know, found each other got to spend so much quality time together and then just yeah you they don't go out getting shot and killed bitten and infected it's just like you know you you die in your sleep like that's you know who who would argue with that you know yeah and i I remember when when after that happened i remember like this is like the beginning of up i guess this is ridiculous and then i (laughs) i I was proud of myself because i saw a lot of people make that comparison but um (laughs) But yeah, and you know, so we see, so we see, you know, the last shot we see of Bill and Frank is is uh, Bill, you know, they get up from dinner after they both drank the wine, and roll into the the room, mm-hmm. and that's the last we see of them. Uh, but you know, we still have a little bit more of the episode. We so we go back to Joel and Ellie, and uh, from what I can remember, it's like right when they're getting to Bill's town, right? They're like right at the gate. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. So they finally finally make it, and even, I I gotta admit, even in this point, I'm like, I wonder if there's a world where Bill didn't give himself enough to poison, and he's still alive. I, I didn't know, but <laughs> obviously, very quickly, Joel and Ellie make it to uh, Frank's house. What, what nobody's I, uh, another nice thing that I liked about this is like again, I think mm-hmm. Joel they 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 keep highlighting how resourceful Joel is. Uh, we didn't talk about the meeting between Joel and Bill in the past, but uh, right. d- you saw that Joel is very smart. He he pull, he knows how to work Bill to get what he wants. And again, when they in the the current time when they get there, like the first thing that Joel notices that is off is that the plants are dying because they haven't been watered. 
Like they like you see a scene where Joel notices the the plant in the pot just dead, and so he instantly right. knows something is up. He knows something. He knows something's up with Frank, right? I mean, at the very least, because he knows Bill wouldn't water plants, but Fred, that's a Frank thing. So yeah, he he's on high alert at this point. Mm-hmm. But they get into the house. They don't see anybody. They don't hear anybody. So obviously they're in this world. You're on high alert, but. Um, Joel goes to try and find Bill and Frank, and Ellie finds a note with a key. Uh, and that note is from Frank, and the key is to his truck. So Bill. obviously, I'm sorry, it's from Bill. Yes, <laughs> it's from Bill. Um, and so, yeah, obviously the pieces are in play now. We all know, okay, they have, been, they have died. They're giving their truck to uh, Joel, or what I think they put on the note is what? To whomever reads this, but probably Joel, I think yeah. is, is what he puts. And, you know, and basically writes him a, a letter saying, and, you know, to paraphrase it, men, men like us were put on this planet for a reason. I was happy when everybody died. I thought I was just going to live alone. Uh, but I was wrong. There was one person left to save. And I'm so happy I did because it was my purpose. And men, men like us are put on this earth to protect people and God help any motherfucker who gets in our way. <laughs> and I, that, that is the moment. You can see it in Pedro's eyes. You can see it in his body language. That's the moment he goes, fuck, I'm doing this. All right. <laughs> I am taking this little girl. I am going to take her with me to Tommy, who is formerly with the Fireflies. Maybe, maybe I can finally redeem myself and take care of somebody because I failed with Tess. I failed with Ashley, my first daughter. Maybe this is when I can do it. Um, and so it's a very important note. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the the nice bow on the episode is because, as you had mentioned, Neil Druckmann, when it comes to changes from the original game, he doesn't want anything to detract, right, to make the story mm-hmm. worse. And this is how why the story works better because it's another reason for Joel to find purpose in protecting Ellie to open himself up to her because Bill, of all people... <laughs> yeah, found someone to do it, and it is the perfect bow on why we sat through this beautiful love story over the last, uh, you know, 14, 17 years. That this is why for this note yeah. here, and for Bill, uh, and for that 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 crack, that chink in Joel's armor is starting. That this is this is kicking it off. Yeah. I would say, well, Tess probably kicked it off, and now now reading even this more chinks in the armor of Joel as to why. Oh he's yeah, gonna... Joel. Joel is a kicking and screaming little kid about this whole thing yeah. until <laughs> and this is the final thing that gets him to go fight. Final, do it. Right. God damn it! All you need to leave me alone. But uh, I real real quick, Nick, I wanted to read the note from the game. Okay, so <laughs> I wrote it down too. So go ahead. You yeah. did. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so again, just to drive this point home on how different this whole <laughs> relationship with Bill and Frank is in the game. When you find Frank's body after he's died and he's hung himself, uh, I believe he was bitten by an infected and he wanted to die before he changed. So that's why he yeah. did it. But uh, he wrote Bill a note, and I'm going to read it. And it's ridiculous. So it says, "Well, Bill." I doubt you'd ever find this note because you were too scared to ever make it out of this part, make, make it to this part of town. But if for some reason you did, I want you to know I hated your guts. I grew tired of this shitty town and of your set in your ways attitude. I wanted more from this life and you could never get that. And that stupid battery you kept moaning about? Well, I got it. But I guess you were right. Trying to leave this town will kill me. Still, better than spending another day with you. <laughs> Good luck, Frank. 
It's just like, <laughs> holy shit, what a difference. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of amazing that this is that this is what it was, and then this is what we got. Yeah. And I really want to focus on that because, you know, I was always afraid that with the this adaptation that it was going to be one-to-one, and at the very best, you know, TV viewers who had not played the games are going to get a retelling of this great story. But this episode and what they changed makes the show stand out. It, yep. it, is, it gives it more and more of a reason to exist. It kind of gives it more and more reason to say this is why you watch it. Because it's not just the great game we're retelling. It's just great fucking TV overall. And this yeah. episode kind of cements that. This is obviously the I is that this is the best episode of the season so far. Um, this is one of the best dramatic episodes of television ever. In my yeah. in my opinion, <laughs> like yeah. yeah. So, so I, I didn't think they would reach this these highs, man. I, I really did. I, I knew it was going to be good. I think if you go back and listen to our show, but when we were previewing it, I, was, I had a I think I said something like I have just a feeling about this show. Right. Um, Fucking told you guys. <laughs> fucking listen to me next time. <laughs> yeah, it's just, but it's 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 great. I just, I mean, and like, I there's guess, so many big moments still to come. Dude. We haven't met Henry and Sam. We haven't gotten to Pittsburgh. We haven't, we haven't done Tommy's. To- there's so Joel's, you know, horrible impaling moment. Oh. Yeah, yeah. This oh, season's gonna be to quickly, to quickly wild. wrap up though. Uh, this episode is that we get he. He actually doesn't sell. Obviously, he doesn't know Ellie exists. So, in Bill's note, it's to save Tess, and it's yeah. kind of like the first moment where like Joel is obviously emotional that he has to leave the room because he's upset. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Because uh, say your point that you brought out to me when we first watched it about how long they've known each other. Uh, it was the internet that brought this point to me. I wish I had uh, equalized. Don't give them credit. This. What are you doing? <laughs> Hey, the internet's not all bad. No, 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 no. Broken first, you hit a first. PlayStation Pals, we found this out. (laughs) Is that in the flashback uh, to when uh, Joel and Tess meet uh, Bill and Frank, that was 16 years ago. Um, Yeah. So we know that uh, Joel and Tess have been in a thing, a a partnership, uh, for 16 years. So that just makes it even more devastating uh, and how important that loss was to Joel, even if he's not really saying it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of had a, like, you know, I never thought about it too in depth, but, like, my instinct would have been that Joel and Tess were a thing for a couple years at the most. You know, obje- things don't exist in this world for very long anymore, right? So it wouldn't make sense to think it was that long. But, yeah, they had, they, I mean, they may as good, well as good have been married in this world. I don't think you yeah. can probably get any closer than those two were. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it really, really hits that point home. But something that I just kind of thought about as I read that note, Nick, and I, I'm, we'll never know, but can you, can you picture the moment that Bill in the game finds that note and finds Frank and his reaction to it? <laughs> can, you, can you think of that moment? He's very good, just like, yeah, well, fuck you too, Frank. And I just think of like, if, if Nick Offerman, Bill, found Frank, like, after everything we saw, he would have been a fucking wreck. Yeah. <laughs> he, would have, sure. he would have lost, and, you know, and granted, this is a different Bill, this is a different Frank, so the reaction wouldn't be the same, but I just kind of had that thought that that would have been such a different moment if that same kind of structure happened for some weird reason. Right, right, right. But, yeah. Boy, and that would have been a bummer. Like I, like yeah. I said, if, if how good this episode was to have it end in that kind of tragedy... Uh, yeah. That would have been sad, but uh, we get 
the truck because that was what the key was to. Um, survivalist Bill uh, already had the like the battery <laughs> soaking in. Uh, I forget what it's. Mm-hmm. I forget how they do that. Sulfur. Yeah, uh, it's, I think it's sulfuric acid or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but, uh, they're ready to go. They're ready to drive on. Um, and yeah, as we know from playing the game, we're going to Pittsburgh. And yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There has not been a lot of human on human violence, but I believe that will change significantly. <laughs> yeah. If th- if this was the slowdown episode, next week I think is going to be the speed up episode. So yeah, uh, sh- yeah shit's going to pop off next episode and. I'm, I'm very excited because, you know, it's some of my favorite sections of the game. I think to, you know, the iconic moment of the Pittsburgh scene, right, is when Joel pulls up in the car and there's the guy that wants help, but he obviously doesn't. But I think back to, to like, the uh, the jokes that Ellie told in in Frank's, uh, sorry, I keep doing that, in Bill's truck, you know, with he's got the porno yeah. mags, and I, I hope they still do those. And, uh, yeah, I'm still just excited to see Ellie and Joel get a little bit closer, too. But they're good. I think th- and I think this experience probably will be one of the main factors that brings them together. This is going to be some shit that they have to go through just one with, another, with one another. And, and we did forget one small detail here is that, mm-hmm. Ellie finds a gun in Bill's house and, uh, and stashes is, yeah. it in her bag. I for, that, that is going to be very important in this next episode, I bet. Uh, nah, they're not going to talk about that at all. I'm just going <laughs> to ignore it. <laughs> yeah, I just have a feeling she might have to use it next episode, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you I think mean, she? Do you think she uses it to save Joel? Like, is Joel going to be in a yeah. situation that if she, if she didn't have the gun, he would have died? Yes, of course. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's it. Because we are getting. I think Pittsburgh is also one Ellie. But he does give her a gun in the game. Gives her, like, the hunting rifle, and he's got to go. Yeah. He's got to go that, run that around. That would play gotta... out in the show. No. Uh, but, uh, yeah. No. That, so that, that'll that be that moment. And, yeah, we'll be at <sighs> Henry and Sam. <laughs> yeah. That'll so. be such a fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, again, this is great. We're only three episodes in, you know. We're only a third of the way through, and. You got so much more to see, but if it's anything like this episode, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> H- HBO, H- HBO is going to have a hell of a year. This and Succession. There's, there's some. Mm, I, I'm so happy that it's so good. It's so, 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 so good. <laughs> Awards will be interesting this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so that is six things. Uh, do we got anything to tease for next week, John? You, you didn't bring any games this week. I didn't know. So I've been having a rough go with, with just family and try like Elden Ring was, is fantastic when you have, I've said this before, when you have long periods of time to play it, when you don't, it sucks. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously still playing that when I can, but not trying to do the thing where I jump in for 20 minutes right before bed. So I've actually, you know, Nick, I started playing a new game. Can, can you believe it? Can you believe it? (laughs) Shocker. Shocker. It's only 30 (laughs) games you need to finish. Yeah, I know. Um, but I, I really just started. I don't know if I'm going to continue with it, but it's it's probably maybe the, the one game in my backlog that I've been most curious about that I haven't really given a fair shake to, and that's uh, Outer Wilds. Um, oh I know. Yep, I know you've <laughs> I know you've played it before. Uh, yeah. I've played a little bit of it. And uh, I'll have a lot more to say, but I think this game has some really, 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 really cool ideas and some, you know, some ones that kind of suck and it's not fun to play. But uh, I'm willing to, I think, give it, a, give it a fair shake, see if I can start to uncover some of the mysteries because everybody who 
Everybody mm-hmm. who likes this game loves this game. It's very like, well it's reviewed. Not, yeah, and it's got like it's just like there's so many cool things about like the you know the the solar system is always moving and it's got this perpetual world where you leave and go on the planets. Like there's a lot to like about it. I just wish it played better. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Well, but, I'll, I'd love to get into that because yeah, I did bounce off that game. So yeah, you, you like going to games that I bounce off of. I see. It's like, yeah, so I can so I can make the audience hate you and like me more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you hear that, Nick? Nick, I know you're listening. Inscription's so good, dude. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. Just to work. Um, yeah, but uh, all right. Yeah, hey, I don't. But, I can't. but we both Go we ahead. both bounced off of De- Death Stranding, and that's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, so on my end, I'm trying to, yeah, put the, the, the bow on uh, Dead Space, the, on, the bow on Marvel's Midnight Suns, and the bow on Resident the bow. Evil 2. Yeah. I guess that me. is the other part. Uh, if Nick beats Dead Space, I'm, I probably will just jump right into that, so there's uh, that. Here. Yeah, you'll because uh, you, you'll have to beat it by the end of the month, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I like making empty promises. I'm not going to do that. I, I changed my mind. But it's not bad. It's a 10, a 10 to 12 yeah. hour game, so I don't think. No, and it's one of my favorite games ever. It won't be a problem. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll really dig it. So, um, yep. and then yeah, it'll be any news items and hopefully, hopefully, some kind of PlayStation showcase <laughs> of any kind. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's what's the next game you're buying, Nick? What's the next game you're buying? Uh, well, it was gonna be like Jedi Survivor, but mm. uh, yeah, I mean, there'll be Hogwarts Legacy reviews next week. Um, I'll be curious, and yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of review watching. Uh, yeah. February is a very busy month for video games. Um, there's a ton of them coming out, and yeah, February, Feb- February is the month of the unknown. We got Atomic Heart, Wild Hearts, just some you know Hogwarts Legacy, some big games that could be incredible and could be dog shit. We don't know. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So it, it'll, I'll just be keeping an eye on reviews, and then yeah, I'll probably just keep tackling the backlog until Resident Evil 4 and Jedi Survivor. Those are kind of the big titles I'm looking forward to, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boom, baby. All right. <laughs> All right, John. Song. What are we leaving All on? All right. So, Nick, have you ever played Persona 5? I, I know you kind of talk about it a little bit, but have <laughs> no, you ever played I want, it? I really want no. to. <laughs> yep, I know. So, uh, we're going with a uh, song from Persona 5, one of the I think people regard it as one of the best soundtracks of all time uh, in the video game space. I don't know if it's that good, but this song is a fucking jam. It's called Life Will Change from the Persona 5 soundtrack by the artist Lynn, L-Y-N. Perfect. All right. So that is the show. We thank you again for listening. Uh, We will be back next week again with six more things. Bye, guys. Bye. It's not a game, I'm not a wrong